Hello and welcome back to the accommodation show. We help accommodation owners like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to grow your business, improve your guest experience and increase your profitability. Hello everyone and welcome back. I am super pumped to bring you this episode where we'll be talking about making your accommodation stand out in a super crowded marketplace. Unfortunately, a lot of companies miss the mark on what it takes to provide their guests with a memorable, enjoyable experience. Joining us today is Samantha Hardcastle. She's the successful owner of the Storied Experience. We'll be talking about how to bring your hospitality's brand story to life with a creative concept that appeals to your guests' desires. Samantha's storytelling expertise allows her to guide hosts through the positioning process and create more value for your visitors. She has a decade of marketing experience and a strong pulse on traveler trends. She helps accommodation owners find their edge and create an experience that draws in high value guests. Without further ado, let's get into it. And welcome back to the accommodation show. Uh, you're joined by me, Bart Sobies, and I am very excited to welcome Samantha Hardcastle to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Bart. I'm so excited to be here, and I can't wait to dive into this topic. Yeah, me too. I've been looking forward to this for the past couple of weeks. Um, we met, we did a bit of a face, uh, well, face-to-face, a bit of a Zoom call and chatted about all things HOSPO and I thought, I have to get you on the show. <laughs> um, one of the things that we figured out is that the topic of how to double your revenue through improving the guest experience can be a good topic to share with everybody and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, So I'm excited about that. Now, Samantha has a company called The Storied Experience. Um, She works intimately with independent hospitality properties to help them stand out in a crowded marketplace. Samantha, tell me a bit about what you do and how you got to where you actually are right now. Yeah, so uh, it's actually been quite a journey to get here. Uh, About 10 years ago, I started a social media marketing agency, and I was really working with any kind of business that I, that was like drawing me in that I wanted to learn about. And one of my first clients was actually a hotel, a historic boutique hotel. And I just loved working in that industry. Like I've always been into travel. I've always been a foodie. So hospitality for me felt like a natural segue. And I got to work really intimately with this boutique hotel And for me, it was really interesting to see how all the different parts of the tourism experience kind of connected within this one destination. And I saw so many different possibilities for this hotel because they had all this space and they had so many markets. They had uh, the leisure market, they had the entertainment market. And so the opportunities for them were endless but they weren't taking advantage of it. You know, they had a lot of the same entertainment coming in week after week. They didn't offer any programming. Uh, The programming they did offer was like extremely basic and a lot of the things that other hotels and, and their competitors were already doing as well. So 
you know, I was just kind of, my role was social media, so no one really came to me for ideas when it came to elevating the guest experience. And to be honest, I didn't even really think it was a thing or a job that could be had. So I spent a lot of my time just kind of going through marketing, you know, having this communication power to talk to the guest and be the on the front line of, of what the guest was kind of hearing and, and what, what they were learning about the hotel through social media, and yet I had no power to influence that. And that was really frustrating for me because I saw that there were so many things that they could be doing that would then trickle down into the marketing to give us a reason to draw guests in. Yeah. So, and, and then ultimately you're looking at as well by not just marketing, but massively increasing revenues rather than just getting more in, you can actually do a lot exactly. more with those particular guests or draw on new markets and that sort of thing. And that's where you're finding these opportunities. Uh, but you, mm-hmm. you wanted to be able to communicate that with the owners or the, the key stakeholders. Exactly. Yeah. So eventually I realized like, this is something that I can help people with. I'm just going to do it. Uh, I went to school to learn about the guest experience. And then I spent two years on my own studying what this looks like. And we, I really look at it from a variety of different levels. Um, with the value, what is the value being delivered? What are the emotions that we're evoking? What is the point of this trip? Like, why are they even staying in this hotel? So that's where I'm at now. After many years of research and learning, I've, I've really put together some programs that I help with my clients and really just trying to get people to think differently about what their guest experience entails and how it's not, it shouldn't be a hindrance. It shouldn't be like seen as a cost. It should really be seen as a way to increase revenues, nightly rates and get more people in the door. So I guess what you're saying as well is that if you're looking at where your business is going strategically, then that's where you fit in as well, rather than just saying, Hey, uh, I'm going to go and do uh, marketing on social media, which you're very good at. Um, <laughs> I'm going to also actually look at how your business runs as a whole and kind of tie in what the business is capable of with what the guests may be wanting um, and then sort of tying it together. And then based on all of that, saying, all right, this is the marketing strategy that we're going to bring to you. Is is that roughly around about right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it really... The, the nail in the coffin for me was when I was in Costa Rica, I, w- I stayed at two different hotels. And the first hotel had this amazing experience. Like I was on cloud nine. I was so happy. And then I went to this other hotel that based on their marketing looked like the perfect hotel for me. Their, ho- their marketing team had like it all figured out. They made them look really great. They, they marketed the experience so well But the experience, the in-person experience didn't match the marketed experience. And that's what I see a lot. You know, I call it the experience gap. And when you don't have that alignment, that's what ends, you know, that's where we get bad reviews. That's where we get just a lot of uh, customer upset. So, yeah, that's really was like, that was the last straw. I was by the pool at this hotel in Costa Rica. And I was like, "I I need to figure out a way to help these clients. So it's become a little bit personal. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Because <laughs> I've, I've actually cried before when I've, dr- I've traveled five hours away from my home 
only to find out that the hotel was not exactly as it was portrayed. And, you know, for someone who used to take only one vacation a year, you know, I think we have to have a lot more empathy for people who are traveling and especially if they're traveling from far away, you know, and a lot of people, you know, they save up so much money to get to this point. It's like, okay, what can we do to really make sure that they leave happy? Absolutely. And like you said, that you are only going to get ever so many trips in a particular year. Um, so you want to make sure that, that you're going to get what you want. And I think mm-hmm. the other important point is that with when when we're looking at you're saying that you had a bad experience because it was kind of misadvertised or misconstrued or maybe your perception of their marketing wasn't what it should be or what it was i think that mm-hmm. the one thing that i've heard from you, what you've said in the past is that you don't have to do that there are ways that you can actually market yourself to deliver a great uh, the, the correct um experience that people are going to get um right. But without um, you know overselling it, uh, and then they will still book. So I think that what I'm saying is that uh, these companies do it because they think they're going to make more money out of it. But ultimately, at the cost to the guest and cost of mm-hmm. potential future revenues, because then they've burnt those particular people. Um, but then in that yeah. particular, they can do some other things, and that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about today. Yes, correct. So we're talking about how to double your nightly rate through an enhanced guest experience. So there's uh, there's a few different things that we've talked about that we wanted to go through today with everybody. Um, uh, one of those one of those ones is what does it really take to stand out as a business today? Um, what what does it take to stand out? Well, so there's a great book. If you ever want to check it out, I don't know if you're familiar with it, familiar with it, Bart, but uh, it's called the Blue Ocean Shift or the Blue Ocean Strategy, and mm-hmm. they call the hotel and accommodation industry one of the bloodiest red oceans of competition, and that always stood out to me because I get it. Like you go to a market and your customers have sometimes hundreds of options within just a mile radius. So depending on where you're at, you could be in a really commoditized market. And when you're in a commoditized market, you're competing on price. And we've obviously seen this, you know, there are entire roles dedicated to playing this up and down game of pricing. And, you know, my whole thing is like, let's just get out of that game. Like, let's get out of the commoditization trap. Let's remove ourselves from the competition and create something that is different. And so sometimes it's a matter of positioning where it it could literally be just your branding and, and how you're communicating your experience online. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of tweaking that, but a lot of the times it's actually shifting some aspect of your guest experience to say, where are the places that we can add more value? Where are the places that we can really bring in more personality? And I think personality is one of the greatest tools for kind of standing out because you have to put yourself, again, in the shoes of your guests. They are literally scrolling through TripAdvisor. They're scrolling through Google. All the listings start to look the same. So it's about asking yourself, how how can we tweak something in our experience that we can really hit on like right at the at the forefront in our in our messaging and our marketing 
that we can use to that no one else is doing, no one else is talking about, and how can we make it more of an emotional appeal? Right. So, of course, with with that sort of stuff, you're looking to understand your guests very, very well and understand. Uh, we call it sort of the, the avatar, um, or I call it the avatar. <laughs> and uh, so for an emotional connection, you need to know who you're actually talking to as well, I take it. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, when we look at the different kind of guests, and a lot of times guests get put into, like, these very archetypical or avatar where it's like, this is the foodie traveler, or this is the outdoor adventure traveler, or this is the, um, you know, the historian who really likes going to museums and, and everything. And that's like a really good way to look at, like, I guess on a surface level. But oftentimes, if you want to know what someone values, you have to look deeper. And it's like, okay, well, why, why does the historian like going to museums? What is it about them and, and what do they value that drives this, this desire to go to museums and this desire to learn about the history of a place? And it's, it's really deep, like asking the deeper questions like that. Keep drilling down into what it is that makes them a foodie traveler. Well, a foodie traveler, like, sure, they like good food, but sometimes it's more about that, that really sensorial and sensual experience to them that often gets overlooked in other aspects just because they usually if someone likes good food they like a lot of other really like sensorial things as well so it's like okay sure you could design your entire experience around the foodie traveler but you're there are so many other opportunities that are often overlooked because you're you're kind of pigeonholing yourself too much so it's it's really like one of the exercises that I love doing with my clients is to Break that down. What, like, you could do this yourself. What does it mean to be an, you know, insert traveler type here? What do these people, what does this group of people share in terms of values? And then from there, you can create a very valuable experience based on those values. And oftentimes, when you look at it that way, you just see so many different opportunities that are opening up in front of you. Am I allowed to be cheeky and ask for maybe a, a, an example of one traveler <laughs> and, and, and those sorts of values? Because for me, I'm a little bit lost that when I think of uh, like the traveling historian or if it's a foodie traveling, you said, well, you want to break down and go into a deeper dive into uh, what they're thinking and what their motivations yeah. are and, and how to create the better emotional connection through really understanding uh, why they are an actual foodie traveler, not that they yeah. are a foodie traveler, for example. But then for me, yeah. the, the risk really feels like you're going to pigeonhole yourself to that one particular, you know, that person likes that. And what about the other food travelers? And now you've got all these different shades of gray um, <laughs> to sort of just to put them in the different boxes. Can you give us a, a bit of a rundown, a bit of an example as to, as to what you yeah. what you look at um, as, a, as a hotel or a B&B owner? Yeah, absolutely. So if we take the example of um, the historian traveler, for example, it's someone who, again, likes going to museums, they like learning about the history of a destination, their, their values might be something like, 
they they value nostalgia so they they actually like um being able to put themselves into another person's experience throughout history and learn that way uh so for example like if you know that your your traveler is that kind of guest then you'd really want to for example if you're an airbnb stock your home with books that tell stories about history but to to not just like stock them full of like really factual books like you'd want to make sure that they were entertaining as well because of course they're on vacation um another thing for example would be like history you know people who really like history they like learning about the destinations they're in and the historic elements of it and the you know my whole thing is always how can you bring the history of a destination to life like the culture of a destination to life in a more sensorial and in multi-engaging way so that might look like um learning about history through something really tangible or learning about history through music so i think when it comes down to like actually figuring out what what they value it it can be you values can run the gamut like you any type of traveler can share the same values like you a his, person with like who's a historian traveler they could share the same values as a foodie traveler right so it's really more about asking ourselves what does this say about the person what does this say about their their goals in life and you know it's it's often not like a very like straight trajectory it's often like a very curvy and and tumultuous road to get there but it's good because it really draws out the important aspects of what a person is instead of just labeling them historian traveler and then just leaving it at that it's it's really more about forcing yourself to look at the, these these people as more than just their labels to look at them as people and you know i i think that nah, that's probably where i want to end there <laughs> <laughs> that's okay so um okay so uh, i'm running my business i've already done my avatars i'm listening to the podcast and like, oh, that's a great idea maybe i should review what i already have so I'm going to look back and I'm going to go, all right, I've got my professional traveler. I've got my mom and dad traveler. I've got um, a hiking traveler, right? People who like to mm-hmm. hike around the local area. And I'm going to look at their avatars. And what I'm going to do is rather than is ask a few more questions is what we're basically saying. We're asking a few more questions as to the person's psyche, why they like what they like, um, what might really form a much better and a stronger connection for them rather than just to, just to sort of sell them the room. It's actually, actually, how can you get a bit deeper on a deeper level as to what they're actually uh, looking for? So that the, yes. basically, uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm getting out of this is the sort of the surprise and delight factor um, that you're trying yes. to introduce into the experience for them. Am, am, I, exactly. am I getting that? Yeah, so one of the tools that I really like to use are it's something called archetypes and oftentimes your brand takes on an archetype or or multiple archetypes and the archetypes are really driven by this really deeper 
innate need or innate vision or whatever it is, um, at the end of the day, there are only so many things that motivate people. And so you really want to speak to their motivations when they're booking. And that's why, you know, sometimes the motivations can seem really surface level in this industry. Like, oh, just, you know, they're just getting a way to relax. Oh, they're just getting a way to unplug or whatever it is. But there's usually a deeper need. Um, like those are the surface level. How do you dive deeper? And that's what the archetypes help us with. And so there are, I typically look at nine different motivations for traveling and those are what the archetypes show us. But again, like it doesn't matter what your, th their interests are. There's usually when you create an experience, there's usually that underlying motivation. Like, so going back to the historian, oftentimes the historian resonates with the sage archetype and the sage archetype is driven by this desire to learn all like that's all they care about is really to get down to the bottom of things. They love learning. Like these are your people who their nose is in a book always like they just love they love talking to people, like really having in-depth conversations with people. So once you know that about someone, it's really easy for you to say, okay, how can we create an experience that creates more connection where people can come together and talk about things that really matter? Or how can we create an experience where we give people learning opportunities to really get deep dive down into the truth and figure something out. So you get to work backwards from the archetypes in that sense. Like once you know your archetype, you then you know like attracts like attracts like and people are drawn to experiences that share their personality. For example, if if I'm someone who loves to learn or you know, let me pick another archetype so we're not using the same ones too frequently. Um, say it's the explorer archetype. If I'm someone who loves to go on adventures and, and push boundaries and like discover the unknown, I'm not going to be drawn to an experience that doesn't give me that. Right. So that's why the archetypes are powerful because they're like magnets. Uh, I was actually speaking to a woman the other day who used this great example she said she wants to, like, birds, when they have, um, you know, birds use their feathers to attract other birds <laughs> to mm -hmm. them. And it's like, that's what you are essentially doing with the archetypes. You're saying, we're not trying to attract everyone because we know we can't possibly please everyone. So we're going to tailor our experience for this, you know, these few archetype and these few avatars. And we're going to make sure that we do what we need to do to create an experience that is shaped perfectly for this archetype. Yeah, great. So, uh, and then, so from a marketing perspective and sort of pulling that back in, it's almost like we're, we're almost going for more of a viral sort of style of, of marketing, which will tie back, like you can tie all of these things together, but it's all about that guest experience and the word of mouth and people driving that message almost for you because you'll be pushing it out but then also they will bring it back in and you're creating sort of a, a closed mesh or closed network and community of people going hey you've got to go here 
Um, you're my kind of person. I'm your kind of person. This is exactly the place where where you're going to just absolutely find it wonderful. Yes. Um, and that's how you're differentiating yourself because the other places aren't doing that. They're not actually sitting there. Um, they're, they're just doing what everyone else is doing. But what we are saying is actually I'm going to find these groups of people um, and really create something a little bit more special, a better connection, and then and then and then readjust my marketing that, to actually cater to to that those demographics. Is that about right? Exactly. And so one of the ho- one of the examples I I spoke to you about earlier was this popsicle hotline at this hotel in Los Angeles. And so what I love about this is its personality. It's value. It's different. So here's what they did. They were just like your average run-of-the-mill motel in Los Angeles. And they put in a popsicle hotline, which is just a telephone by the pool that you could pick up and call anytime. And someone would come out and deliver a popsicle stick on like a silver platter and doesn't cost you anything. And the kids, of course, absolutely love it. (laughs) Right? And so it's like, you know, they could have tried to appeal to the same market, like the very LA market that everyone else wants to get into, but they saw an opportunity to probably not many hotels in that area are family friendly. So it was like the perfect opportunity for them to say, what can we do a little differently? How can we add value? What's a unique way, a personality packed way that we can add value? And thus the Popsicle Hotline was born. They have constant, consistently been the number one hotel and TripAdvisor in that area for years because of it, which mm-hmm. I think is amazing because Los Angeles is a, is a pretty competitive market and you've got, you know, you've got Four Seasons, you've got like a lot of really high end mm-hmm. hotels there and they're constantly coming up as number one. Yeah, so I'm, that I think is I, a great example that portrays value and personality at the same time. It's it's so striking, especially in in COVID times that we're going through, where things can be incredibly difficult for a lot of businesses um, to find something to create that connection. Look, the other thing that I can guarantee is the popsicle hotline is probably the the hundredth idea that they came up with, to, to, <laughs> rather than the first one that just worked for them. So I think that's another right. thing that that I really find is important is that people persevere and try different things but have a little bit of a strategy around it that actually works that you don't alienate your customers by 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 sort of mismatching what what you they they think they're going to get and what you're actually delivering um but yeah i love that that popsicle hotline <laughs> love it gets me thinking yeah that, that for, yeah go on i you're so right at, about it being the 100th idea because what we learn about creative brainstorming is that Usually it's not your first idea that's the most brilliant. Um, usually the best ideas come from divergent brainstorming. And if you look it up, like there's so many different ways that you can do it. But essentially, if, if you can narrow in on your market and what they need, because if we look at, speaking of COVID, what are people going to be needing right now after spending almost a year cooped up and spending, you know, do they need more bonding with their loved one? Mm, maybe not more, maybe better, <laughs> maybe more strategic. So like, that's one thing, like, you know, looking at where they're at in their lives and saying, 
okay, like maybe their health took a hit. You know, maybe they they being cooped up in the house really did something maybe to their health and their well-being. Or maybe, um, you know, they lost their job and they're re- trying to figure out what their purpose in this life is. I mean, travel gets to go that deep because we know, as tr- like anyone that's been on a really amazing trip knows how transformational a trip can be. It can change you. And what I'm challenging everyone in the industry to do is say, how can we play a role in tran- transforming our guests' lives, even if it's small? Because here's what we, here's what we have realized. People are willing to pay for transformation. You know, the, the whole premise of this podcast episode is how can you double your nightly rates? How can you double what you get out of the lifetime value of a guest? Well, it's not by giving them more amenities, right? It's not by giving them better Wi-Fi because, you know, they can get that pretty much anywhere usually. The challenge now is how can you go deeper and how can you help them with their purpose? How can you help them with their bonding and like really reconnecting with their loved ones? These are just a few examples. If you can crack the code on how to do that, then you can, then you can double or even triple your, your nightly rates. Yeah. Because at the end of the day as well, what you're doing is you're standing out from your competitors as the, as the biggest takeaway, right? Is that you're doubling it by creating these experiences that nobody else has and that nobody else is offering and that you've managed to connect in a much more meaningful way and actually offer something that has some meaning to people in the long run um, or in the short term or whatever, because you've really understood who they are, where they're coming from and what their, their needs are. And I imagine that it's a bit of a longer term investment. So you might take three, six months to, to get these things in place and to figure out what it is that, that you're doing, but then the payoff is indefinite, but, but you always have to be on the front foot with this strategy as well, you because people will just catch up and start doing exactly what you're doing very quickly anyway, if you're doing the right thing. Um, so constantly finding ways to, to understand where people are coming from and, um, and, and what they're actually, yeah, asking those, uh, the deeper questions. So, Higher order needs are essentially needs that address things like helping people find their purpose, helping people bond and connect deeper with either their loved ones or their community. So studies have actually found that hotels, when they focus on these higher order needs, they can see upwards of a 15% price premium and the ones that don't see see upwards of a 20% price loss. So it, it really does pay to put these, what we call higher order needs, at the forefront of the experience. And so when someone's comparing you side by side to another hotel, they're going to be saying, okay, what's in it for me? I mean, that's the question in our minds when we are consumers, it's always at the forefront of our mind, what's in it for me? And so when you say, we can help, like, you don't have to come out and say it, the way you position yourself, the way you market yourself, it kind of, you know, you hint at this and you, you make it very clear what they're going to get out of it. You speak to the transformation in your marketing. When they're comparing it side by side, they're going to feel like your experience provides more value because the other hotels, the other properties, they don't speak to this ever. Like go to 
okay maybe maybe the really really high-end ones do like the really really ones that nail it um you know if you go to their websites you'll you'll actually see them speaking to the emotional desires of someone like for transformation and for change uh but for the most part it's it's really just like oh you know we're the number one accommodation in the city and uh you know we have this many beds and uh you know we have uh, a pool and so it's like those are the features but you know what does that mean for me as a as a yeah. guest and the visitor yeah that's that's brilliant absolutely brilliant i love it it uh it kind of within my business and everything that we do and when we work with all these hotel owners giving them those little tidbits is going to be absolutely crucial and very valuable to actually um it's, it's sometimes hard to get away from talking about you know your your features um mm-hmm. rather than talking about the benefits um and mm-hmm. also the other one the other big one is talking about the problems that people potentially have and then talking to those particular problems and on, on a much deeper level um i'm gonna wrap it up so look uh samantha your knowledge is terrific um i think that everybody will took a huge amount away i think that You've definitely set everybody on the right path to, to finding ways to increase their revenue and at least start to think differently. Um, so I guess the main takeaways is that you need to stand out to, to double your revenues. Um, if you've got the same product, then you need to find ways to create a better connection with your customers. Uh, how does everybody connect with you? How can we be of service to you? Yeah, well, um, I'm glad that this was valuable. And... It really is, I just want to say, like, it really is about seeing things differently and being different. So uh, the best way for people to learn more is go to thestoriedexperience.com. I have some great courses that are at every price range where I I can walk you through the archetypes and storytelling and experience design. So that's a great way to start. Um, And I also would love to connect with you if you're on Instagram. My Instagram is Samantha Hardcastle underscore. And I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Beautiful. And uh, we will put all of those links in the show notes so that if anyone's looking for it, then uh, it's theaccommodationshow.com and find those show notes. Uh, We'll have all of that there. Thank you so much for your time and for your wonderful knowledge that you shared with us. I'm looking forward to catching up with you again at some stage. Um, Wishing you the best for this year and uh, we will talk again very soon. Thank you so much, Bart. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can find us at theaccommodationshow.com where you can find all the show notes, links to resources we have talked about and transcripts from the show. I really do appreciate you listening, and if you'd like to support the show, then please subscribe, leave a comment, and share it with others.